In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would all the kids and teens up through the 10th grade please come forward? morning. You're good. Thank you for coming up. So I was weeding my garden about a month and a half to two months ago, one of my gardens, and I found this little flower and I thought, well, that's cute. And so I pulled it up by its root and I put it in an empty pot well, with soil in it and I fertilized it and I, and I, uh, and I uh, let it grow. One day, two days, three days, four days, five days, six days, a month. And look at it. I could not believe it, really. I could not believe that from this flower that I took out of a garden, I don't even know where it came from, that this would grow within like a month and a half. Can you believe that? Now, what I want to know is if you plant a seed, look here, one right here. If you plant a seed in the ground... How does that seed know what to grow up into? How did that seed not grow up into an oak tree? How did that seed not grow up into a blackberry bush? God knows, doesn't he? And how did that seed know when to grow? And when does it know when to die? I'm amazed at, at, at what God does, not just in a little seed but in, in all the world because God's activity, God's love, God's providence, God's strength, all of, God's, all of God is involved in, in everything. And one thing that, that, that the scripture talks about today is not just the mustard seed. This is not a mustard seed, but not just the mustard seed that grows up into a large bush where, shade, where birds hide in its shades, but um, also about the kingdom of God and how God plants his love in our hearts and then we allow that love God's love to grow inside of us and pretty soon we don't know how or why or how or what God's going to do with it but God uses his love inside of us because all love comes from God God uses his love inside of us to to, to work miracles in people's lives sometimes and sometimes that comes in just a smile with somebody Sometimes it comes in a handshake or a hug or, or sometimes it comes in helping someone fix a flat tire or someone in getting, sometimes in getting something at the store for someone who can't get out. Uh, that, that's the kind of love that God wants us to practice. But he plants it inside of us at our baptisms especially with his Holy Spirit. And when we allow it to, to grow, we have to allow it to grow. Sometimes God works in spite of our allowance, but... But we have to allow it to grow, and God does wonderful things with it. Just like this little, this little flower turns into this beautiful bouquet, if you will, this plant of flowers. And I, I'm just amazed every time I sit on the back porch and, and look at this plant right here, just because of what it came from. So I thought I'd come and share it with you. I put it on the front porch last night, uh, right before I went to bed, 
and we have a frog on our front porch. So when I picked it up this morning, I sure was hoping that frog was not in there somewhere. And he wasn't. He wasn't in there. So anyway. So just remember the love that God plants inside of you and what God, the amazing, beautiful things that God can do with the love he plants inside of us. Okay? Thank you for coming up here today. The disciples of Jesus, they say something like this. Hey, Jesus, everywhere you go, everywhere we go with you, you keep telling people about the kingdom of God. And just last evening, you were talking about the kingdom of heaven. You think you, maybe you can let us in on the secrets? We still don't understand what you are talking about. You talk in parables we want to know what the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of heaven is all about. Please describe it to us. And Jesus turns around and I can only imagine that he's smiling at his disciples. And he says, listen, guys, he says, this is God's honest truth. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, as the disciples lean in to listen closely. The kingdom of heaven it's like a farmer who goes out to his fields to scatter seed on the ground. And when he's done, he lets it be. And he goes to bed at night, wakes up the next morning, goes to bed the next night, wakes up the next morning, on and on and on. He goes until one day he notices that the seed he has scattered is beginning to sprout. And it begins to grow, but he's not sure how it's happening. But he knows that the earth and the seed are a team and when they come together, first comes the blade and then the ear and then the full grain in the ear. And finally, Jesus says, when the grain is ripe and because the crop is ready to be harvested, the farmer cuts down the grain and enjoys the produce. That's what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus says. And the disciples, they look at one another and they say something like, huh? Jesus, we told you don't do that to us. We know all about farming. What we want to know about is the kingdom of God. What is that like? And Jesus, still smiling, says to his disciples, that's what I'm trying to describe to you. I can only describe the kingdom of heaven in ways the human mind can understand. The kingdom of heaven is like that scattered seed. No one knows how the, the seed grows, but... You can bet your bottom dollar that my Father in heaven has something to do with it. And the disciples say, come on, Jesus. Your father, Joseph, he was a carpenter, not a farmer. What would he have to do with that kind of seed? And Jesus said, no, no, I'm not speaking of Joseph. I'm speaking of my heavenly Father. It is God who makes things grow. It is God who brings the kingdom into its fullness. And it begins now with each one of you scattering the seed. Scatter the seed. Watch God bring his kingdom into fulfillment. And the disciples exclaimed, you know, Jesus, we don't mean to sound stupid, but we still don't get it. We just don't get it. 
Will you tell us one more time what the kingdom of God is all about? Jesus replied, sure. There's nothing that excites me more than talking about my father's kingdom. He said, look, you see this tiny little bitty mustard seed? The farmer, he takes this little bitty seed and he plants it in the earth, doesn't he? Disciples, they sit there nodding as if they understand. And in three or four months' time, in one season, Jesus says, this tiny little bitty seed grows into a very large shrub with large branches. This little bitty seed, in four months' time, will have birds resting on its branches, hiding in the shade from the heat of the sun. That's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And the disciples, they go, Oh, brother, he's doing it again. So, what is the kingdom of heaven like? I'll tell you, many years ago, my family and I, Mary, my wife, and Nicholas, my son, we went on a vacation, actually continuing it in the area, but uh, we vacationed in a town called Gatlinburg, situated at the foot of the Smoky Mountains. And as we took our exit from the interstate and headed toward Gatlinburg, we came to a town called Pigeon Forge. At that time, for us, it was a town like nothing we had really seen before. All up and down the streets on both sides were amusement parks and water parks and miniature golf courses and go-kart racetracks and pancake houses and hotels and Dollywood and all sorts of other things like that. About a mile or two after this kind of excitement, Nicholas, who was maybe six years old at that time, explained from the back seat, Daddy, this is exciting. I don't think I will ever be this excited again until I get old. Isn't that what the kingdom of heaven is like? Maybe. When we enter into the realm of the Holy Spirit, when we get a glimpse or a foretaste of the here and now kingdom of God. Don't we often get enthused and excited, often described as a mountaintop experience? What is the kingdom of heaven like? I'll tell you a story about someone who's been to the kingdom of heaven, a story about a man named Fred who arrived at the pearly gates one day. He looked around, saw it to be exactly as it was described in the book of Revelation. It had all the radiant glory of God glittered like some precious jewel of crystal clear diamond. The walls were of great height and it had 12 gates. And each one of the 12 gates, there was an angel stationed there. Gate number one, an angel. Gate number two, an angel. Gate number three, an angel and so on. And the wall was built of diamond, and the city was built of pure gold like polished glass. And the foundations of the city wall were faced with all kinds of precious stones, and each of the gates was made of a single pearl. Doesn't that sound magnificent? That's how the book of Revelation describes the kingdom of heaven. Well, Fred, when he gets there, he's really amazed and awestruck at the sight of this kingdom naturally he's just a little bit nervous about getting through the gates into this magnificent heavenly city very quickly he found himself standing at one of the gates 
before a very impressive angelic being who had a clipboard in his hand. And after asking his name and his address and a few other particulars, this angelic being said, Fred, it would help the process if you could share with me some experience from your life on earth when you did a purely unselfish, kindly deed. Well, Fred thought about that for a few minutes. And he said, oh yes, I think I have something you might be interested in. I was walking along, minding my own business, when all of a sudden I came upon this little old lady who was being mercilessly beaten up by this huge motorcycle type gang, type of guy, you know, the kind with the big muscles and the black tank top t-shirt with a picture of a viper right here on the front, scraggly beard, long black hair, a real mean looking dude, Fred said. And he said, well, he was smacking her back and forth and I just get, stepped right up. First, I pushed over his motorcycle just to distract his attention and then I kicked him really hard in the shin and I screamed for the old lady to run for help. And then I hauled off and I gave this guy a hard shot right to his gut with my fist. And the angelic being, he looked at Fred with this great deal of interest and said, wow, that is quite a story. I'm very impressed. Could you tell me just when this happened? And Fred looked at his watch and he said, well, maybe two or three minutes ago. <laughs> you know, I could have made the story a little bit shorter. But I wanted to give you a biblical description of what the kingdom of heaven is like. All of this imagery found in the book of Revelation concerning the kingdom of heaven seems to depict what we hold to be most precious and beautiful in this life. Diamonds, rubies, pearls, gold, all kinds of precious stones. And then within our imagination, we build a heavenly city with all of these jewels as best we can describe it, which is worthy only of God. And with all of this, what, what all of this imagery does is it shows that what we cherish, what we hold to be dear, really and fully does belong only to God. And will one day, because of God's grace, be our dwelling place. The picture of the kingdom of God, this picture is what some people might call the not yet kingdom. We're not there yet. It is not a fantasy. It is a dream of a future reality. Our dear Anglican friend C.S. Lewis once wrote, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world, this, this world we live in, were precisely those who thought most of the next world. And he continues, it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. So my response to you is to say, let us always hold on to our dreams and promises, our dreams of dwelling in the presence of God, of dwelling in that wonderful, beautiful, heavenly city but let us not lose sight of the now kingdom of God, the kingdom which is present right now, the kingdom of which we experience sparks of its present reality. 
We discover this now kingdom in the parable of the mustard seed, which portrays the holy as a hidden but powerful reality. Not out there somewhere, but in our midst. And sometimes we become inattentive and careless about recognizing our own involvement within the now kingdom. Sometimes we're like the woman who is so accustomed to wearing her spectacles that she often runs about the house yelling, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? And they're sitting right there on the tip of her nose. <laughs> I've done that. The kingdom of heaven is a present reality, which is often lost either because of our inattention or because we're always asking, is that all there is? The now and the not yet, two realms of existence. The now in which we live and the not yet in which we have our hope. We must not lose sight of one or the other. And we will continue to search for the hiddenness of God's reality in our everyday existence because there will be days when we might not be aware of the presence of God. But we will continue to dream about our resting place with God because the Holy Spirit continues to fill our imaginations and our thoughts with holy dreams. People of God know this. The Lord comes to us today and every day and we behold his glory. And the Lord will come to us on that great and last day. And again, we will behold his glory. Why? Because he is the Lord of everlasting life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.